Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Welcome to the Canon Cast, a weekly podcast from the Canon, SB Nation's blog about the Columbus Blue Jackets. The CBJ return home this week as conquering heroes following a successful West Coast road trip where they took three out of four. Injured players are starting to come back and some big Metro games loom on the schedule this week. We'll talk about all that and more. I am Ryan Real. Joining us for this week, we've got William Chase. Hey, Will. Hey, what's up, guys? And we've got Eric Seeds. Hey, Seeds. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Glad to have the both of you on for this episode. Uh, let's talk about last week first. West Coast trips are always scary, but things went pretty well despite the Blue Jackets' apparent inability to beat San Jose, but whatever. A lot of great individual performances too, including Zach Warinsky. So what did we take away from that California stretch? Well, first of all, the my, my biggest takeaway outside of... Uh, taking six of a possible eight points is um, Elvis finally got his first career shutout. Yep. Elvis looked really looked, looked pretty good on this road trip. Um, his glove is looking better. He's making, he made a couple outstanding saves in various games, one against Anaheim, one against Vegas. He, but he, he played solid and he looks like he is establishing himself to the point that uh, they're no longer going to need to rely on Jonas Corpus Allo starting 80% of the games for the rest of the season. I think he, Elvis has earned his way into, um, into more of a more of a role in in the goaltending spot, even when Corpus Allo comes back. But yeah, my biggest takeaway is was Elvis's play, and the team is just they 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 took care of business when they should. L.A. is not great. Anaheim's mm-hmm. not great. Sa- they they have an in- apparent inability to beat San Jose, and yet um, throughout ever since Vegas's existence, we just kind of have their number. So you you take what you can get, I guess. So it was nice to see the Blue Jackets actually take care of business in ways we kind of expected them to, you know, this is the jackets have somehow after their terrible start to this year, crawled all the way back up into wildcard contention. They've got, um, they've played a couple more games than some of the teams they are fighting against, but they're right there. And it sets up for an interesting stretch run where I didn't really expect them to be this year. So the the jackets are hot right now and it's mostly the kids who are doing it. So it's really, it's really exciting to see. Yeah, you guys are right. Um, really, no matter where these teams out west are in the standings, and at that time, and as they are still bottom three um, of the standings, it's still tough games out there. And we saw that with the same uh, slow, sleepy start 
uh, as far as Columbus went with identical starts against the Kings and the Ducks, giving up that first goal. And then they kind of got their legs going when the second period on. Um, and as far as the Sharks go, basically, it's like I don't think they're as bad as their record indicates. And don't get me wrong. They are not a great team right now. And they may not be a playoff team, but it also wouldn't surprise me if they were, you know, to start getting hot at some point. But overall, my takeaway was Elvis has looked great, including that shutout against the Knights. So it's very encouraging signs right now and just really cool to go out there and see them go out there and win uh, three out of four. Yeah, and, and it's just a different style of hockey than we saw the first two months of the season. I was watching you know, the power play the other night. It looked pretty good. It's tons of passing. It was crisp. It looked sharp. I'll tell you what, Kevin Stenland was making some great plays along the wall. There was a play where he was on his way down to the ice and he managed to keep the puck alive, keep the play alive. And just little things, the forecheck looks good, have all added up to a really comprehensive team win. I know the numbers aren't trending necessarily their way and expected goals. I, I wrote the recap. and But to me, it didn't feel like Vegas was doing all that much. It didn't feel that way. I know the numbers board out, but the Jackets just took care of their chances. And and I think earlier in the season, we saw things like, you know, breakaways or, or flu shots that didn't go in. And, and I think they're going in now and, and they're making the most of the, the high danger. I think the second period, there were two high danger chances for the Jackets and, and um, one of them went in, you know? So it's, it's that kind of thing where, yeah, there's probably some luck involved, but I just get the feeling when I watch and what I see and the little things are adding up to a much more comprehensive team game and I'm sure a lot of that is the call-ups and and guys trying to make the most of their chances and I'm not saying that Josh Anderson or Cam Atkinson or you know spoiled and get them out of here they need those guys but I, I what I am saying is is I think that 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 hunger from the, the guys and maybe that they're playing within the system or or they don't have the kind of burden of this big contract that they have to live up to and and scoring you know 40 goals last year or whatever maybe I, I think that the, what you're seeing is is a much more comprehensive team dynamic that that's really working for them right now right and it's also amazing like you mentioned to see uh see what happens when you know the, the team gets a couple bounces that go their way like how many times did we bemoan the team just wasn't getting any puck luck in, in like october and november now they're finally starting to get some bounces but they're also playing i mean this team is playing outstanding defensive hockey right now uh Mm -hmm. so we've got Seth mm -hmm. Jones as an all-star. Zach Wierenski probably should be one. Um, he's not because he's, but just because of the inherent format, but he's been outstanding this season, both not only offensively, but he's found his game defensively. Uh, David Savard has been outstanding. Vladislav Gavrikov has been outstanding in the defensive zone. You know, Marcus Nudevar is back. Uh, other guys who are coming back into the lineup and who've been called up, Adam uh, or Gabriel Carlson's been fine. And and the, the Jackets are like top five or six in the NHL and expected goals against. I mean, they're just not giving up quality chances. Um, to your point, Ryan, it, it didn't feel like Vegas had a lot of high danger chances because I didn't really think they did. It seemed like everything the Golden Knights were doing was to the outside. They were making passes, they were taking shots, but they were all from outside and either guys were blocking it or guys were blocking shots or uh, Elvis was getting a good look at it and able to uh, turn the puck aside. And that's going to win you a lot of hockey games. If you if you can play sound defensive hockey and get a bounce or two, you're going to win some games in this league. Yeah, real quick, the one thing I wanted to mention too was a couple, I think it was a couple weeks ago now, when I was last on the pod, my hope for Elvis was that just playing consistently would help get him going and make him comfortable. And we've seen that, I think. But also the defense has played well in front of him as well. 
like it was with Corpus Solo. So luckily it's almost been like a seamless, uh, I guess, addition. But uh, it's just kind of like that train just keeps moving forward right now. Yeah, I was worried about Elvis's headspace and uh, headspace looks fine right now. <laughs> I can't. He's not blaming the media. Yeah, no, he's not. Nope. And I'm guessing he had quite the night in Vegas. I hope he did. I sure hope he did. He earned it. <laughs> so, but I want to chase that a little bit because you were talking about Elvis and how much it helps to, to not have to ride Jonas Corposalo into the ground. Uh, since December 9th, only two teams have won more consistently in the NHL and no team has allowed fewer goals per game. And a lot of that, you know, dovetails with the Jonas Corposalo finding his game and the ascent of Elvis Merzlikin. So, I, I want to chase that goaltending because because some friends have asked me, you know, should they should they get rid of one of them? Do they need to pick one and 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 that's the guy, or, or can they split? But I'm curious as as to what you guys think about. I mean, I think it's a good problem to have, but I, but I, I want to know from from you, what do you make of this goaltending situation moving forward? As far as the goaltending situation going forward, um, like I said, I think Elvis has earned more time. I still expect Corpusalo to be the main guy, but I, I think we're going to see something closer, maybe to like the 60, 40 that we expected going into the season, you know, 65, 35, I don't know, but I expect Elvis to get more regular work. You're not, I don't think you're going to see Corpus Allo start both nights of a back-to-back anymore this year. I mm-hmm. really don't expect that. I think it's a good problem to have, and we can address what it means in the off season when we get there. Mm-hmm. But last year you saw last year you saw the New York Islanders uh, switch between Robin Leonard and Thomas Grice, and they kind of had a 60-40 ish workload, and they were able to ride that into the playoffs. Now, granted, it in the playoffs uh, they didn't really they had to commit they committed to one of them. They committed to Robin Leonard, but that that's a problem if the Jackets are to get there. At this point, going forward, yeah, I'd expect to see more of a rotation. I don't expect to see either goalie start both ends of a back to back unless it's something ludicrous like a 12 save shutout or something where there's really no work. But I think um, Elvis has staked his claim that he deserves to play more. He's got a, he has a better uh, save percentage right now this season than Jonas Corposalo does. uh, And that's including his bombs against the Penguins and some of his other bad outings this year. So Mm-hmm. I, th- I think Elvis has staked a claim, and I think it's a good problem to have going forward. Um, the Jackets seem to have two guys who are league average, maybe a little above, and we'll see where that takes them. Yeah, so I like how well each has proven to this point, and I expect and hope a combination of the two going forward, even though I would agree that it's probably more like a 60-40 with Corposalo getting that bulk, but obviously it's better than what it was basically like 90-10 of that at the, mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season. But I also understand why it was kind of playing out the way it was. But anyway, it is a great problem to have when you have two, at least right now, excellent or very good goaltenders. Um, and of course, the defense has been doing their job to make their job easier. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense. They, this is a team that, that definitely needed two goalies heading into the season. And they, and they got them. They, they, it, you know, it's January, but they have two really good goaltenders as of now. And I, I do want to move off goaltending for one second and just mention Nathan Gerby. Nathan Gerby, six points, 10 games, guys on fire. I love it. I don't know where it came from, but as someone whose height does start with a five as well, I'm so proud of my, of my little man. <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's any way you can send him back down to, um, there's no way you can send him back down to 
Cleveland once even if guys start no getting way. healthy. You can't send that guy back down. He's been he's he's staked his claim that he deserves a spot in the lineup, at least for the foreseeable future. He's he's been outstanding and a driver of play. He's been an antagonist. He's been showing up on the score sheet, showing up in, in corners, making little plays. You know, he's been an agitator. You know, he went after Zidane Chara a few weeks ago. Like he stood, <laughs> he stepped to Zidane Chara. Like, I mean, how do you how do you take this guy who plays with this much energy and passion out of the lineup? You can't do it. Yeah, I really like how Gerby, among others, have played. And I would hope that when guys like Atkinson, like you mentioned earlier, coming back, uh, I would hope that the leash isn't too long for a guy like Atkinson. If he comes back and is struggling, don't dock the ice time of a guy like Gerby or another player that's playing well just to make just to try to make that piece fit. The team is rolling along right now, and you do need those other guys to come back, but don't uh, give them too long of a leash if they come back and they just aren't fitting in right away. I do want to chase that thread a little bit more, but we are going to take a break first. We will be back in just a minute with more Canon Cast. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. So something, Will, you were talking about that, that I want to talk about more is they are going to have to figure out what to do with these guys coming back. Cam Atkinson is practicing. Oliver Bjorkstrand is practicing. Andrew Peak is practicing now. Those guys may still be a little bit away, but they are on the ice. So again, a, a good problem to have. You have some top talent that is getting healthy, but you also have these call-ups who are playing out of their minds right now, and they got hot hands. I'm not saying, guys, what do you do? But what do you think the organization, how should they approach what is, again, a good problem to have? Yeah, I just feel like whenever you have injuries like the Blue Jackets went through, uh, it obviously gives the opportunity to players to come up and maybe push the veterans' jobs or, you know, however that situation might play out. So obviously it's the best of a, at the time, a bad situation. You have these injuries, but then it's like, okay, these guys are coming back and they're hopefully making, I mean, you would think they're making Tortorella and the coaching staff's job that much harder as to who should be playing now and who should be getting the minutes that they're going to get. So like I was saying, I hope that if Cam Atkinson comes back and if Atkinson, you know, 10 games in or whatever the number you want to throw out there is, if he comes back and hasn't scored a goal or a point, it's like, okay, are you don't sacrifice, you know, the, the good of the overall team if Gerby or whoever who's playing well sees a reduction in ice time. So they kind of have to figure out how they're going to implement, implement these guys back into the lineup and who will maybe sit out or see a little bit of a reduction in ice time. But I wrote about it last week and I was, you know, saying this is a good thing that it's a good problem to have when you have players playing so well, there's only so many spots and you're going to have to figure out, okay, who's going to play just like with Elvis, um, you know, as far as the goaltending, unfortunately, maybe to some, we saw Elvis's, you know, playing time very limited in the beginning, but because they were forced to go with him, we have seen how good he can be. And now it's like, okay, when Corpusala comes back, hopefully Corpusala plays very well. But at the very least, you look like you have two good goaltenders right now that can play a little bit more often and not, you know, Corpusala won't have to play every game. Elvis will have to sit for two weeks at a time. 
it's hard because it's hard going forward when these guys come back. Obviously, guys like Cam Atkinson and Josh Anderson are going to get back in the lineup when they when they when they get healthy. There's I mean, that's it's just the nature of the business and those contracts demand that those guys play. But I really hope that the veterans who are out of the lineup right now who are injured, guys like Bjorkstrand and Atkinson, and to his credit, Bjorkstrand has been doing this all season. Mm-hmm. But I hope they take lessons from the from the kids who are in the lineup right now, from the guys who are who were called up and sh- and uh, understand that just because you have a role as like a top six winger, I'm kind of speaking specifically about Cam here, doesn't mean that you get to, you know, slack off in the defensive zone. You know, you see guys through up and down the lineup right now working their tails off in every single situation they're asked to play in. They're cycling the puck, winning board battles you know, showing a physical edge, just generally being tough to play against. And we haven't really seen that from some of the guys in the lineup this year. And uh, some of those guys are veterans who've been here for a while, and we need to see more of that um, if they're going to get back in the lineup. I I know Torts has no issue with um, yanking some guys up and down or yanking some ice time, but he kind of needs to have a short leash with some of these veterans who – you know, you might not expect them to work as hard or who might not have worked as hard in the defensive zone in the past this season, because that's really why this team is succeeding. They're they're committed to playing a 200 foot game, regardless of role that they're uh, being thrust into. And you're seeing that with guys who've been here who like Sonny Milano, who's embracing that and is playing the way towards once. He's got two goals, three assists and, and five points in six games. Not saying because because he's playing that way, but playing that way gets you ice time and gets you opportunities. And right. And. You can't argue with results. You can't argue with uh, this this 765 point percentage since December 9th. Like the proof is in the pudding. This team is winning games playing this specific style. It's something Allison talked about. I mean, El Polito's talked about it and Allison Lucan talked about it on the podcast last week where some of the some of the underlying numbers kind of belie the whole story because the Jackets have to play a specific way because their talent has changed the way you know, what this team can do has changed. So they've changed the style accordingly. And you're seeing that with the way they're playing defensively and the way they, they have to forecheck like crazy and the way they push teams to the outside and they take a lot of shots that, that maybe aren't high quality, but that's, that's the way they're playing. And now you're seeing the results. So you get in the lineup, you play this specific way and maybe that's been an adjustment from guys who had successful seasons last year, but but I think that it's really hard to mess up something that's working, to, to fix what isn't broken. That said, I mean, these guys are, are elite talents, and, and you know, I'm, I'm specifically referring to Atkinson, Bjorkstrand, and, and, and Anderson, but who, who deserve you know, to, to play based on how, you know, their skill level. I'm just glad I'm not the one have, who has to make these decisions. We are not the ones getting paid millions to you know, <laughs> send a hot hand back to the farm. I was just going to say real fast that Bjorkstrand was so hot. I mean, he was scoring goals in bunches. So hopefully he comes back and keeps doing that. But yeah, yeah, I was kind of specifically mentioning Atkinson before too. And of course, Anderson also is struggling. And I don't think he's been right all year anyway. So I just hope that when they all three come back, they can just get off to a good start. And the whole team in general is still gelling. I just want to say how fun this is. I I just want to say Mm -hmm. this has been so much fun. This is... I think I may write about this this week about because I, I wrote the article about how the Jacks are boring yep. and they're not boring now. It's fun what happens when you win, but you're seeing it 
around, you know, the the Elvis jumping celebrations, the post-game stuff. The guys are having fun. You got the kids coming up and and Stenlin getting his first goal and his first assist and and Robinson making these plays that he's he's has the freedom to make now and and it's or or he feels like he clearly feels like he belongs. It's so much fun now and I just want to point that out because the Vegas game was like mm-hmm. As a three nothing win on the road against a good team, a team that's that's frustrating and seeds to your point, a team that is frustrated with itself, and that's a game where it's like, all right, this is this is a team that doesn't feel great about itself. This is the perfect time to play a great road game and win. This is what you're it's expected of you, and that's exactly what they did. I just I, I I love this right now. This is a month and a half ago. This is not what we thought we'd see. This wasn't what we were seeing. Right. I've been I was I've been down on this team more than most, as y'all know. Most of the season, I didn't think they'd be much of anything, but it, like you said, Ryan, this is this is not only fun, but it's fun how they're doing it and it's fun who's doing it. Mm-hmm. Like if they were being led in goals right now by Nick Felino and Alex Winberg, who shouts to him, he actually scored mm-hmm. a goal, much to my surprise. He did. I'm flat out stunned he scored, but hey. Uh, <laughs> but if but you know what I mean? If they were being led by these veterans like Felino, Winberg, I don't know. Uh, it, I don't know if it would be as fun because, you know, these guys are getting up there in age and F- Winberg's not really a goal scorer. So to see these kids with this opportunity grab the bull by the horns and take charge and take control of the opportunity that's been given to them, play a certain style that they ha- they kind of have to play and still get results while having the freedom to make the plays they might not have felt they had the freedom or the freedom to make before it's it's a blast to see uh you mentioned eric robinson uh he's made he's made several power moves down the side to either set up chances for himself or other guys he uh sunny milano has been making plays all over the ice and you see him you see sunny with more confidence now in the defensive zone and it's allowing him to kind of move past a mistake like like he made he made that really bad pass a few uh i want to say against LA or Anaheim I don't remember who but he made a really bad play and was able to shake it off and just move past it and he continues making good plays in his own zone and it's feeding his success in the offensive zone it's it's really fun to see how they're winning and it's really fun to see who's leading them right now yeah and uh when I was writing my article last week about this kind of the state of the team uh I did you know mentioned both of your guys' articles. Ryan, yours was on the nail on the head when you talked about how boring the team was. And that was my issue in the beginning of the season. It was almost hard to watch this team play every night because they were so inconsistent, sloppy. You never knew what they were going to do or who was going to show up. And then Seeds, I don't know if you're, you probably remember when you wrote about how, I think it was like first week of November, this team's not going anywhere, call up the kids. And, you know, we've seen, obviously, the kids have come up and they've taken off, which is, you know, what you want to see. And then, of course, I wrote about a while ago as well, I think in November as well, about how I thought at best this team is mediocre because who saw this kind of run coming? So we'll definitely all take this fun ride no matter what ends up happening. This is just fun right now. Totally, totally. And there's some big games this week, Boston on Tuesday night, and then three Metro games, Carolina on Thursday, New Jersey on Saturday, and Sunday on the road at the New York Rangers. So some big games on the schedule. And I, I want to just take a quick temperature, nothing, no kind of bold predictions, and I'm not holding anybody to this, but I think Seeds, you and I said we didn't see playoffs 
on this very podcast a couple of weeks ago. I, I mean, I think that's changed. I think PD said in, in Slack that the odds have improved from 100 to 1 to 40 to 1 in just 10 days. So just a quick informal temperature taking of, of is it can, can this team make the playoffs and you think they might? Well, before the season, so the over-under for the Jackets was 84 points, and I took the over at 87. I put a specific number on it. So when they got off to the terrible start that they did, of course, I was thinking, okay, this probably isn't going to happen. But, you know, right now, I feel like if if everything kind of keeps going the way it is, and I know I know they're going to lose three or four in a row or something like that at some point. They're not going to keep up this insane 15 out of 17 point type run going but if as long as the Corpusalo Elvis com- combination can hold up and the defense keeps doing what it's doing and if they can find more goals, they can at least stay in the picture because right now they're right there with Philadelphia, ninth in the East. Uh, you know, they have Carolina, which is a big opportunity coming up this week, only a few points ahead. So uh, while I do expect a little bit of a drop off, I think overall, if they play the style that they've been playing and with these kids and certain veterans coming back they they have they should be feeling pretty good about themselves and i think they can at least crack that wild card picture still i think they're going to be in it for a while they're just playing too well not to right now they they kind of understand their role they kind of understand how they have to play they've found their groove and how they need to play to win if if i were a betting man which i'm not anyone who has ever played poker with me can attest that i am not a betting man hmm. Um, I would still bet on them to miss the playoffs just because they started so far in the hole, but they've played well enough to get in the conversation. Uh, it's it's a discussion for another time about whether we think the team should do anything at the deadline, like adding pieces. I really don't think so they should just because of the lack of draft capital they've had the last few years from adding. But I believe this team is at least playing well enough that they've they've bought themselves consideration for the playoffs they've you know taken the discussion of is towards the guy off the hot uh they've taken that discussion away they've played well enough that they should they deserve to be in the conversation for the wild card now granted there's a log jam and the metro is insane yet again this year mm-hmm. but they they deserve to be in the conversation and the, it's cool to see that they're being you know the two driving engines the driving engines of this team are the goaltending and their two solid defensemen on the first pairing. It's kind of, you know, those, those pieces are young and talented and the future, even if they don't make the playoffs this year in Columbus is brighter than I think we expected going forward because of the talent they have in the youth. Yeah. Good points. Both of you. I, I, I agree. I'd love to see it. I'm not banking on it, but it will be fun and it's fun right now. So I'll, I'll take what I can get. Well, we are just about out of time, but we have, a little bit of time for some final thoughts. Who would like to go first? All right, so I don't know if this is going to be a popular take or not, but every single time, I love the enthusiasm that Elvis has after every win. I'm just always so worried that every time he jumps in the air, that him and Felino are going to crash, die, mm-hmm. whatever. So, I, I mean, I don't know how Felino <laughs> hasn't fallen, especially, I mean, I'm like I said, I'm so into the enthusiasm that um, they both have, and Elvis for sure should be just jacked up but i'm just so almost surprised that felino hasn't fallen or they didn't fall on saturday so (laughs) i just hope that uh you know maybe they can stay a little closer to the ground but i'm not saying you know don't celebrate i'm just always a little nervous with all the injuries that luckily nothing has happened there so that's my two cents all right i agree i agree seeds (laughs) 
All right, I've got two real quick ones. My first one is I wrote an article about it last week, but uh, Zach Wierenski deserves to be an all-star in the NHL all-star game this year. He's not going to be because the NHL's system and selection process is terrible and bad, but Wierenski has been outstanding this season. I'm glad that all of the trade Wierenski takes have uh, vanished because the kid's just 22 and joined a club last week with three multi-goal outings in five games. Uh, he joined Bobby Orr and Paul Coffey, two Hall of Famers. So that's some pretty good company. Uh, Zach Wierenski's outstanding and will only get better as his Blue Jackets career continues. My other my other thought is um, Dayton plays VCU in a big battle in the Atlantic 10 tomorrow night. And uh, the Flyers are rolling. They're up to number 13 in the AP poll. So go Flyers. Let's keep this train going. I knew the Dayton Flyers were going to come up in that final thought. I knew it. Well, I, it. I have to say real fast, uh, I mean, I'm cool if Dayton wins, but VC is kind of the home team here, so kind of interesting little battle right there. Mm, I like it. Some intra-podcast. I'm going to talk lots of trash in the Slack tomorrow, Will. <laughs> <laughs> you can go ahead. It's fine. <laughs> uh, my final thought is that Cass was robbed in the Oscar nomination. <laughs> That's it. So you liked it? I didn't like it, but um, okay. I thought a lot. Of, I, I've never, ever thought about a movie this long after I've seen it. And I can <laughs> devote a whole other podcast to it. But I did think Taylor Swift's song was very good. I, I actually like that song a lot. So if you haven't heard that, check check that out. <laughs> check out the Taylor Swift song from Cats, Beautiful Ghosts. All right, that's <laughs> that's enough of, of me. That's enough of us. We are out of time. Our theme music is Green Eyes by Angela Purley and the Howlin' Moons. Check out Angela's newest album, 430. You can find out more and tour dates on AngelaPurley.com. Rate us, leave us a review on iTunes, and as always, we welcome your comments and questions. You can tweet at us at CBJCanon and comment on JacketsCanon.com. From all of us at the Canon, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.